The F Word at Work from Fertility Matters at Work is a conversation about fertility and how it affects people at work. You'll be hearing conversations from our community about what they experience when trying to build their families, as our aim is to help you better understand this issue by sharing these stories, along with our own insights from the work we are doing. Plus, we'll be talking to the organisations making these cultural changes the norm, as well as bringing you thought leaders from the workplace wellbeing space. I think the real emphasis is it doesn't matter where you are in the hierarchy, it doesn't matter how big or small your company is, anything can be done. And I think now that more and more companies are doing these things, they're not being made to do these things, it's just that they want to look after their employees. Obviously, with the last couple of years with COVID and all the rest of it, there's a big focus on people's mental health. And for anyone that's gone through this journey, you'll know that mental health roller coaster that you go through it. It's hard, it's tough. And I'd say that if you work in a company and you're like, yes, I want to do something, just speak to someone. So welcome to another episode of The F Word at Work. And what you're going to hear in this episode is examples of this whole conversation about becoming fertility friendly, being driven from employees upwards. And we're going to be sharing an amazing example of someone who really drove the activity within their organization, a big utility firm, what they did, how they did it. And they are just an amazing example of someone with real drive to make a change in quite, I'd say, a a traditionally focused environment. But we'll talk more about her in a moment because we have another guest with us that I want to introduce. I also have one of my co-founders, Becky Cairns, with me. Hello. Hello. We're not always going to be able to have all three of us on the chat, but as and when it cannot just be me, I will ensure that there is another one of the uh, the Fertility Matters team. So the reason that I wanted to have Becky here is because we're just starting this chat introducing Natalie Sutherland, who without further ado, I'm going to welcome and then we can talk a bit more. Welcome to the F word, Natalie. Hi, thanks for having me. <laughs> now, Natalie is a partner at Burgess Me and we are just announcing this week as the podcast lands that Burgess Me are the first organisation to become fertility friendly accredited. Natalie, congratulations. (laughs) Thank you very much. Well, before we go into how and what happened, I just want to go back a bit because we've been talking with Natalie and Burgess Me for uh, probably since we first launched our our conversations about this in the workplace. And what I want to just hone in on is that conversation that you and Becky had with Emma Barnett on Women's Hour. Just set the scene a little bit with that, Natalie, and then we can talk more about what you've been doing at work. Gosh, yeah, Women's Hour was really, really scary, but it came about because, well, if I sort of go back, I can plot it actually from the initial conversation that I had with Samaya um, about the event that we were going to have in Fertility in the City but prior to that I'd spoken with my my partners about the miscarriage I'd suffered and how I knew that fertility issues were probably going to impact my younger colleagues and how I wanted there to be a more supportive environment for this particular aspect of pastoral care so for for there to be a focus on it and that's when my partners suggested that I be the firm's fertility officer, just like we had a firm's wellness officer. So so that this would be a very focused position so that I would be able to help my junior colleagues if they had any fertility issues. But not only that, to actually signal to them that this was already thought about and that we'd already cared about it and put systems in place to help. So having put that in place, and I chatted to Samaya about that, and she hadn't heard that 
any other firms had done it. And because we wanted to open up this conversation in the legal profession, just like wellness had been opened up during the pandemic, we had our first event in the December um, 21. So that was a really successful event. And I spoke about the facility officer role at the event. And then she and I wrote about it for Bio News, which is Progress Educational Trust newsletter. And that got picked up by the Mail on Sunday, who spoke to me and said, you know, All right, is, is anybody else doing this? And I said, well, I don't think so. I hadn't heard that anybody had done it, but I think lots of people are going to be doing it now because we'd had this successful event. Well, that, that Sunday, my picture appeared in the paper and I was called the UK's first fertility officer. So there was this funny hook that um, people got very interested in. And then it ran in the Times. And that's when I got contacted by Emma's team to come on Women's Hour. And they wanted someone else to come on. With, you know, I certainly wanted someone else to come on with me. I was absolutely petrified. So I suggested you guys. So I said, you know, get in touch with with Becky. So uh, so they did. And the next day we were on Women's Hour, interviewed by Emma Barnett. And it was fantastic and terrifying at the same time but it's opened up so many doors as Becky knows and, <laughs> and little <laughs> little did you know at that point that then fast forward you'd be hosting a podcast which we will get to. exactly exactly yeah. so I mean it's been amazing seeing what that conversation has started and you've gone on to do more events and Becky just talk a bit about what Natalie's done in terms of becoming fertility friendly accredited because you're the first organization Burgess Me to do it. You'd already done a lot of that work. And we kind of have factored that into how we've reviewed what it is the organization has done, haven't we? Yeah. So I think the work that Natalie has done has been really trailblazing. And I think the fact that it was picked up by the national news- newspapers, that there's this role of a fertility officer, it just goes to show how it wasn't really thought about before. And, and people were suddenly thought this, this really innovative new role and and so we've been chatting, haven't we, Natalie, over the past year yep. and, and kind of hearing the work that you've done with the event. So that kind of works both internally and externally within your organisation, but across the industry as well. And then we looked at the work that we do in terms of the line manager training, the awareness raising and policy support as well. And you'd already got your policy in place. So what we've done is is work with you to kind of build on the, the training side of things. And we mm-hmm. held a brilliant event back in, I think it was July, wasn't it, um, with the yeah. organisation where there was yourself and another lady who spoke about her experience of egg freezing. And we had a brilliant response to that. And it was just so amazing to see how many people turned up internally and how engaged they were. And then we went on, we provided you with our e-learning and everyone within the organisations completed that. And I think as we went through the accreditation process and what we really look for at Fertility Matters at Work is a cultural shift and, and just seeing that not only is there an accessible, appropriate policy in place that is supportive, but around that there is an environment that people can feel psychologically safe to talk about what they're going through, this internal support networks put in place and people are aware and they're educated about these issues and and that's what we really saw at Burgess Me. The work that you've done over the past 12 months is incredible because not only have you put that in place internally, you've actually started those conversations across your industry as well and and gone above and beyond with the the podcast that you're doing and and all of the other speaking opportunities that have come off the back of it, including the Women's Hour opportunity. So I think we would just say we're we're very grateful to you and, and very much admire what you've done. And I think with Burgess Me being the very first fertility friendly employer, we can show that it is possible for somebody internally to really, really drive this. It doesn't have to come right from the top, although you had some great support from from your partners at Burgess Me. But I think it just goes to show that 
change can happen and it usually comes from and you'll see throughout the rest of this episode somebody who has personal experience of this because that's where you get the passion and you can win over the hearts and minds and you can really explain the difference that having this support can make so Natalie I'd love just to hear from you the the reaction you've had internally within your organization to this I mean everyone has been so engaged with it um everyone um did the e-learning and they all came back to me to say how interesting it was that they'd learned something new. I'd learned something new too. So, you know, you you really have to, um, it's so wide, isn't it? There's so many different emotions that will be um, coming up and and fertility issues are are so wide as well. So you can have lots of different things affecting you. You can have more more than one thing affect you, Um, but it's all going to be very emotional. And I was really passionate about wanting to support um, my, my colleagues through through work and as you say my partners themselves have been really supportive it was their idea for the for the role I take no credit for that I just I'm proud to be it I'm proud to be able to provide that support and what also happened is sadly I have actually been utilized as the facility officer because I've had two colleagues that have gone through an ectopic pregnancy and a miscarriage so so these are things that are devastating for them and and I think perhaps they may have kept it quiet or certainly would have felt unsure about how to raise it prior to there being this in place already. So with it being in place, there was no worry about having to raise it. They could be completely open and didn't have to worry about it. So um, so I think that has been um, a real game changer. And as you say, I obviously have lots of colleagues in other firms and they've all seen how wonderfully this has been accepted and, and dealt with at our firm and all want to do it in their firms as well. So mm-hmm. that is something that we wanted to achieve with the Infertility in the City events is to, to create not only that open culture in our individual firms but to create that open culture across the industry and um, and the, the more people talking about this has meant that that's happening and I'm really yeah. really proud and that's shown as well just through the number of law firms that are signing up to work with us and and I'd say out of all of the industries the legal industry seems to be leading the way in that and I just want to pick up on something that I saw when I came to your last event where one of your team stood up at the end and sort of just said the difference and with tears in our eyes and I think everyone got the difference it had made having you there as that internal support and opening up this conversation to her as an individual it was just so emotional and I think it just Mm. goes to show when you think about that in terms of that individual how much more engaged they will feel how much more loyal they'll feel and and you think about retention as well. All of these things that are really important to businesses, this can transform yep. someone's experience and you can't fix it for them. It's a difficult thing to go through. But what you can do is support them through it. And I think that's what you've shown through what you've done. You've, And not only through yourself as well, because the e-learning and, and the other training that we do allows others within the organisation to be more mindful and more supportive mm-hmm. as well. I just think everything yep. is so important. And just seeing that one person stand up really just brought it home as to the difference it really made. Can I just um, add as well, Natalie, because I know that in the the role, and one thing that we do just want to clarify, it doesn't have to be an official role. In Natalie's firm, it has been nope. called a fertility officer. What we talk about with our accreditation is this kind of fertility advocates or this fertility champion roles. And you'll hear our next guest talking more about roles she's assumed. But I know, Natalie, you also were able to signpost those those people that you just mentioned that you were supporting even further to other things that they've now done that have helped them 
with how they're dealing with their own emotional well-being through mm-hmm. this, haven't you? Yeah, and uh, and even just putting them together, I knew that they were both potentially having a similar experience, but not telling each other. So I got both of their permission to be able to put them together so that they can support each other, and um, and that's been that's been really helpful. So they've been able to draw on each other for support as well as myself and and the other partners. So um, yeah, it's, it's been brilliant. Well, Natalie, huge congratulations from all of us at fertility matters at work we know that you're hugely enthusiastic about this you're doing amazing work we've been working together as well in all the conversations we've been having in parliament and the podcast that you've now launched infertility in the city is really amplifying this conversation isn't it and it's being really well received showing the different impacts that this is having different people sharing their stories you're enjoying now being in the podcast world <laughs> I'm loving it. Yeah, so we're we're focusing very much on the professional services industry. So that's the sort of in the city part of it. We wanted specifically to to niche ourselves down to that area. Yeah, so we've had some amazing guests and we're looking forward to season two. And um, I just want to thank you guys as well for all of your support throughout this. I've loved being part of the accreditation process. I'm really proud that we're the first ones. And and I love all the work you do. So thank you very much. Well, we'll make sure we'll put a link in the show notes for the episode as well but thank you and well done um and we need to move on to our next guest because we've got another good chunk of a conversation this is just me speaking with this lady called Kellyanne Kelly is from Cadent Gas and before you hear her explanation of what she's done and her story Becky how would you describe what you think Kelly has achieved with what she's done what Kelly has done is just amazing um so kelly works in a very large organization um and i think traditionally quite a male dominated organization as well um and went through her own experience of going through ivf and i don't want to give too much away here but through that she realized that there wasn't the support or policy or guidance within her organization and and rather than just kind of going to HR and saying this needs to happen and walking away she's actually taken ownership of it and she has made the change happen herself alongside HR and what we really found when we went uh, to see her when we launched our services just a few weeks ago was that the passion that she has behind it has it shows through in everything that's been done so you read the policy you read the guidance and you can tell that it has been written by somebody who has been through this because it just speaks to you it's it's got that supportive tone and that ability to really empathize with what you're going through and I, I just think it's amazing that Kelly has been able to drive change on such a big scale based on her own experience. And actually, whilst she's still going through her family building journey herself as well, which I think adds another layer to it, it's just incredible. And I I think it'd be hugely inspirational to anyone who is thinking, I want to make a change in my organisation and kind of looking at at what Natalie has done and what what Kellyanne has done is, is very, very inspiring. Now, before we get into this episode, we just want to say a big thank you to our sponsors for this series, Apricity, which is next generation fertility. And Apricity has a unique virtual model 
that uses AI innovation and technology to reimagine fertility care. Now to explain that, the technology Apricity use is through their virtual models, so they have virtual consultations, and specifically their bespoke treatment app really guides and supports patients and their partners through their journey so they never miss an injection. They have instant access to their medical team and a dedicated advisor seven days a week. Apricity offers family building benefits to employers, health plans, and individual patients and this goes from diagnostic testing to full fertility management, including medical treatments such as IVF, egg donation, and egg freezing. Apricity helps build families by providing access to the best doctors, technology, and unlimited support. Now, the Apricity Fertility Benefit can be bespoke, designed for your company, for either flexi benefit, cash allowance, or through your PMI. And you can discover how Apricity can support your employees just by visiting apricity.life. Hi, my name's Kelly. I am a health and safety advisor at Cadent Gas and I'm also the fertility lead. And I was really looking forward to sharing Kelly's story and the work that she's been doing because I think it's an amazing example of how one person can drive change. So just start by giving me a, an idea of what inspired you to make the change that you've done because you've done a huge thing at work yeah definitely for myself it was a very personal thing fertility affects us all at some point in our lives um, and you never really know what that's going to look like probably until most people until they start looking at having children for myself um, I found out around the age of 26 um, when I was young free carefree and single that I needed to have my fallopian tubes removed at that stage I knew that I would either have to go the IVF route or adoption in order for me to become a mum it was a bit shocking because I wasn't ready yet <laughs> um, but that was the ultimatum that I was being faced with so I, I kind of parked it there kind of had a moment of realization parked it there and then it was only really years down the line when I met my partner and I was like, okay, we're going to want to add to our family. What does that look like? And I'd been working for Cadent Gas. It was their national grid for, well, since May 2011. So I'd been there for quite some time. And the first thing that I wanted to do as an employee was have a look at the policies and see what support my work was offering me. Um, straight away it was kind of have a look at the family provisions policy and there was nothing directly um, there to support someone that was going to have to go through fertility it was a case of when you're pregnant this is what you're entitled to so I was like okay um, for myself I have a very understanding manager he has been great through everything and I'm the first female he's ever managed bless him so I kind of threw him in at the deep end um, and he was very supportive every appointment I ever had to go on um, I just had it as paid leave but because our company didn't have a policy in place it was a very great area depending on what manager you had so some managers would want you to take it out of your annual leave unpaid leave um, whereas I got it as paid leave so there wasn't consistency throughout the company and I was like right okay we need to do something here um, and there was a group at Cadent Gas called Women in Cadent and they have leads on lots of different areas menopause adoption with all these improvements that we want to make within the workforce um, and we didn't have anyone in this gap so I kind of just plumped myself into it had a chat with the Women in Cadent lead and she basically 
put me in meetings with the right people. I said what I wanted to happen and then it kind of just went from there. Now, at, at, at this point in time, where are you in terms of what's going on treatment-wise? So I think I first started speaking to the Women in Cadent group probably at the very beginning beginning of my infertility journey so looking into IVF what that entails I, I you never have a clue until you're going through it um so I didn't know how many appointments I'd need I didn't know how last minute they'd be so I kind of started talking to a few people um and I actually found out there's a lot there's a lot of people within the company that had gone through something similar but you never know who these people are unless you're kind of in that bubble um So I kind of started speaking to these people, kind of doing like um, a survey, if you like, just to see what kind of experiences they'd had. Um, And that's when I was like, okay, let's reach out, speak to the people. So I think my first person I spoke to was someone from HR, just to see what the remit was. Um, And I mean, it's not something that happened overnight. It is a slow and steady process. Our company was having a lot of change at the time. So there was different priorities. But it's all kind of led us to this point where a lot of our family provisions policies are all being reviewed at the same time. So it kind of just fell into that quite nicely. Um, And I'm hoping obviously we've got the National Fertility Awareness Week coming up soon. So I'm hoping we try and tie up any loose ends prior to that week so we can showcase everything. Now, one of the reasons that I was really keen to talk to you was because you'd approached us at Fertility Matters at Work saying what you were wanting yeah. to do and telling us about what you'd done. And we've seen some of the examples of what you've set up internally. because You've pretty much built an internal network of <laughs> yeah. blog content and all sorts of resources, which is part of what we try to encourage organizations to do. And it's just been so inspiring seeing what you've done. And I'm just interested. I mean, it sounds like you're in the right place at the right time with brilliant, supportive people in terms of that women's network but I'm interested if there has been any resistance or any hurdles I mean obviously we're talking about working together and supporting you in all that you're doing and helping with more training but going back a few stages when you've been trying to because I know you've obviously built all this kind of content Mm. was it just they were like yeah you go with it you do it or did you get any resistance I think at the beginning like any change it's a big company we have over 6,000 employees and then there was just me trying to do something kind of wing my way through it and make sure I'm speaking to the right people so in regards to we built a SharePoint site with loads of useful resources and yes then we started putting like newsletters out with people's real life stories and it was finding those people with the real life stories I'm not a journalist I don't know how to write news articles so I'd give it a go and then I'd have a person that I'd liaise with in the communications team and they'd go through it and help me do that and and this is all whilst doing your job and going through treatments (laughs) yeah definitely so there was there was a lot of people on board I think the most frustrating thing is obviously the time things don't happen overnight and just making sure I'm speaking to the right person at first you don't know who the right person is so for instance when I'm writing articles on same-sex couples that are going for IVF um, I'm not in a same-sex couple so some of the abbreviations that I was writing but I knew we had a like an LGBTQ plus lead so I spoke to him to make sure I was getting the terminology right and then as well like when you're trying to put facts and figures together you can google it and you're going to get loads of different types of facts and figures so I think I spoke to facility matters at work then to kind of make sure I was getting the figures right in things so there's a lot of communications and 
it's a little bit faffy at the beginning but once you've got those people in the right areas that you need then it becomes a lot easier and what would you say it's given you in terms of how you feel at work with what's gone on with your your journey I mean again for me so I had that support from my manager but not everyone does um and like you say I do this alongside my day job so it is it is hard trying to fit everything in and sometimes I feel like oh I'm not doing enough or not as many people are reading the news articles is it because I haven't wrote the right thing and I mean now I've got a lovely lady on board with me she's like my co-partner so she's my she's my fertility lead as well so there's two of us now um and we you know we've got meetings set up to look at the year ahead whereas before when it was just me I didn't have the capacity to do that but it's like you do have your days where is it enough am I doing it should someone else be doing it that's got more time but then I'll get an email and it'll be from someone that I didn't even know that was going through infertility and they've sent me an email going Kelly I've been following your journey I've been watching everything that you've done and I just want to you know say thank you you should be so proud of yourself and I'm like this is why I do it because yes I've had the support not everyone's in the same boat and we want to be making those positive changes in our company and the company has been great at at receiving that change and you know the big bosses have been yep let's do more and want to hear about it and and just to like highlight how much you've done I mean you've brought us in for Fertility Matters and yeah. we're going to be able to roll out our training so yeah. even more people are going to understand this issue and and in terms of your hopes I mean our hopes is that there is more consistency across the way people are treated and that all, all managers are singing from the same hymn sheet so to speak is that what you hope is there anything else that you hope to see I mean have some of the stories been negative experiences with their managers um I mean, a couple of people have said comments, but I wouldn't say their stories. They're probably not confident at sharing those stories. A lot of the news articles that we have had have been from men and women, which was really good because obviously a lot of people don't talk about this taboo subject and even more so men. Um, and we have had like, you know, men in leadership that I've worked with for the whole of my career that shared this story that I didn't have a clue about. Um and like we're looking at having the fertility focused policy and it's not just for people that are going through it it's also for their partners as well so if it is for example a man that works at Caden and his wife doesn't obviously the female is going to have more appointments scans etc but our policy what we're hoping is to support the partner to go to all these appointments as well so it isn't just one-sided and it's just to have that support and hopefully people will feel more comfortable talking about what they're going through because, you know, I'm sure you've seen the stats when they say most people don't tell their boss that they're going through this because it might impact their career, have a negative impact if they want to go for a promotion and so on. Whereas all this stuff that we're doing at Caden is there to support people and make sure everyone's being treated fairly. And with this alongside your own experience because yours has taken quite a dramatic yeah. turn hasn't it in terms of and, yeah. and I don't know how how much you want to share about where you're at but have you had the support that you've wanted through all the different decision making processes you've had to make um yes and no I'd say I think because there's still that gap of people's knowledge of what people go through so yes my manager was incredibly supportive does he know every ins and outs of IVF no um (laughs) there's always going to be that gap um unless obviously they're very involved and you're telling them every single aspect but I mean yeah for myself so it was this time last year that we had the failed result from our 
IVF round so that was really tough and you know I ended up having three weeks off of work and my manager was great I literally said I'm going off work it didn't work I'm turning my work phone off here's my personal mobile number just text me and he did and he just checked in every now and again and at that point when I come back to work because we did eventually make the decision that we weren't going to proceed with any further rounds of IVF. That was our choice that we didn't want to do that again because it was so raw. It's like, well, how am I going to carry on doing this fertility lead at my company when I'm not necessarily on that journey anymore? And am I going to be triggered if someone tries to talk to me about something? And I think because our company has great support, they have an employee assistance program, we can you know, gain access to counselling and things like that. I worked through it. I've got a a great family support network, family and friends. They're absolutely amazing. And I count myself very lucky there. So I probably did take things a little bit slower this time last year, getting back into it all. But once I'd worked through it and, you know, myself and my partner, we're now adopting. So we're on a completely different journey now. And I do speak to the adoption lead at our company quite a lot because she's going through it and so am I. So we both link in that way. But yeah, I suppose it's just being there for people that are going through it what I had a great experience but if I hadn't what support would I have wanted and I think because we work in such a male dominated industry at Cadent Gas I mean how great is it going to be to say we're eventually a fertility friendly accredited company like what's that going to look at when we're going into schools and wanting people to come and work here when they're older and things I think what you've just explained is so important to anybody listening and thinking about trying to drive this forward because Mm. I know from my experience talking for the fertility podcast that having gone through treatment and and having a child and then having other things along the way that have caused me to have to make difficult decisions and I've asked my relevance within the space and I've also asked my relevance uh, my how I feel about being triggered I think hearing you say what then support was available to you is so important because what we hope is that people do feel confident to to have this conversation at work and to maybe encourage their organization to talk more about it. But we also know that there's people that don't want to talk about it. They don't want to be that fertility lead like you've taken on that amazing kind of mantle. But I think it's really amazing and heartwarming to hear that you do feel supported and it's this education piece around what that support looks like and how you find it that you can then share with other people about being a part of this because ultimately if everybody knows that they're safe to talk about it but they don't have to be the only person that always talks about it all the time Mm -hmm. that maybe they can then pass it on to somebody else as well and you now have said you've got your colleague to help you which is amazing And hopefully with that kind of focus on training that your organization are doing, that more of the managers will know the ins and outs of IVF. So it's not down to you to explain all the ins and outs when you don't feel like it. So delighted that you're happy to share, Kelly, because it's so amazing. We're all like bowled over by what you've done and how you came to us. And we're like, look, done this. What else can we do? Help. (laughs) What I'd love to get from you, though, before I let you go, is just what advice that you'd give anyone internally to give them the confidence, really, to do what you've done. Because I think it's like it sounds like you were just like, right, what can I do? And and got stuck in. And it sounds like that's probably the kind of person that you are. I know you're really pragmatic and you're just like, what next? How can we fix this and how can we make it better? 
what advice would you give to people to give them the confidence to try and drive something like this at work? Because we're trying to highlight that this doesn't have to be a decision from the top. It can be, you know, led from from you experiencing it and, and feeling like you can talk about it. And you've talked about being in a male dominated industry as well. I think the real emphasis is it doesn't matter where you are in the hierarchy. It doesn't matter how big or small your company is anything can be done and I think now that more and more companies are doing these things then they're not being made to do these things it's just that they want to look after their employees obviously with the last couple of years with COVID and all the rest of it there's a big focus on people's mental health and for anyone that's gone through this journey you'll know that mental health roller coaster that you go through it it's hard it's tough and I'd say that if you work in a company and you're like yes I want to do something just speak to someone It can be your manager, your colleague, HR, I've got this idea. Do you know the right person who it is I need to speak to? And yes, in this instance, I was the person that carried on with it. If you're not comfortable being that person, then you can literally just go, here's my idea and let someone else run with it, so to speak. But you'll still get, obviously, the gratitude that it was your idea. You don't have to be the the kind of person to run with it all the way through. But just speak up, you know, anyone that you trust within your organisation, just say, I've had this idea, what can we do? And nine times out of 10, companies are going to want to look after their employees and make sure that they're cared for and stay. What better way than than doing something like this? I mean, were you worried at first that you might, because you talked about some of the concerns and we hear them all the time of people being concerned about being overlooked for promotion or not being taken seriously in their job role or being kind of side tracked into different like career paths Hmm. were you worried about that at all um it probably played on my mind in the back I think because I've been there so long (laughs) I was kind of like I'm a piece of the furniture now I'm not going anywhere um but everyone goes you know if if someone's gonna have children or you know whatever commitments they have they could have a dog or a cat and they're gonna have to take time off at some point because they're not well something's gonna crop up but I wouldn't say I was scared of losing my job or a promotion or things like that it's there to support our employees in this instance so they're gonna have paid time off if we're not supporting our employees they're not gonna tell us and they might just go off or call in sick for the entire time that they're going through that journey whereas this way it's supporting our people they're more likely going to be you know coming into work or popping and popping in and doing bits because they can be put on reduced activities for instance like I was when I was going for IVF I was like I don't want any stress take all this workload off me (laughs) and my manager was great and I think again with with the whole last couple of years workplaces are so much flexible now than what they used to be yeah well thank you for what you've done and it's really exciting to be able to work more with you and get you to that fertility friendly point yes and I think as well just really interesting to hear how you're kind of working through the next phase and and unfortunately it does fall to you to educate doesn't it because you're living it as you're sharing it but hopefully like you say you've got good support in place I mean you know it sounds like they're really willing to listen and learn which I think it's amazing for a big utility company which is Mm. why we're so delighted to be able to talk about it and hopefully like pave the way for others especially if they think it doesn't affect them because it is male dominated and we're trying to highlight how important it is for the for the men to be talking about this and be able to talk about it aren't we yeah exactly and I mean I I was shocked at how many men I have heard from since while doing this at Caden and you know they've come in and said oh this is happening what what am I entitled to or this is going on who can I speak to and they are there and 
you know, with it's just little things like people might not be comfortable to talk to a person face to face or have a phone call. Well, we've got a dot box now, so people can just email in, and it and it's that safe space, isn't it? Just with any people's inquiries. But Brilliant. I'm very much looking forward to the next year. I mean, the last couple of years. It's gone fast and we've been plodding along, but the next year we should hopefully have a fertility focused policy in place and we should hopefully get that fertility friendly accreditation. (laughs) I'm I'm pretty sure from all the hard work that you've done, you should be so proud. You really Mm. should because you've made such a difference. And like you say, all those emails, just one person finding out that this exists makes such a difference. Thank you again. And thank you for chatting to me. Thank you. So Kelly there just explaining the levels that she went to and, and, I, I hope that by listening, you're not, if you are working for an organization, you're not thinking, oh my goodness, how could I manage all of that? Because she definitely explained, she did it over time. And I think she got more confident and got more feedback than the whole experience grew and grew, didn't it? Yeah. And I think also, you don't have to do it on your own. So I think Kellyanne, she's had some help um, with Liz at Cadent Gas. And if you find those other people who are also passionate about it, it just gives it more strength in numbers, it's more hands to the deck yeah. to be able to make that change. So, yeah, just hope you feel inspired by it. And what happened then after Kelly done all that work, she invited us to go to Cadence to their beautiful office in Coventry during Fertility Week and put on like a launch event we did a virtual event which is what we're often doing with organizations because we know that we're all obviously working all over the place and it's a brilliant way to reach everybody but ahead of that virtual conversation about what this issue is and the panel discussions that we like to do we went to Cadent and it was the launch of the policy in person and she'd really gone to town hadn't she talk about some of the merch Oh, yeah, it was just Fertility Matters at work all over the place. But it was Fertility Matters at Caden. And what Kelly had done, she'd managed to source the budget and she'd had a massive balloon display, really gorgeous sequin background with the committed to becoming fertility friendly logo on, which is what all organisations who join us get. And she'd had these beautiful biscuits made with the fact that they're committed to becoming fertility friendly, which was a great way to draw people in to come and talk to us. Never have I seen the power of the biscuit like I did there. People were walking, because we were in this atrium and people were coming and going. And we all kind of followed Kelly's lead. She was like, hello, do you want a biscuit? And people, I never knew biscuits had such a pull, but they did. They did. But the biscuits pulled people in and then people would go, oh yeah, I've been through this or my sister-in-law went through this or I know someone in my team who's been through this so it opened up a conversation as well and I think the most powerful one was just as we were packing away at the end wasn't it when there was a guy walking past and he looked interested but wasn't quite sure whether to come over and we beckoned him over and he said what's all this about and Kelly and Liz just started to explain about the policy that they'd put in place and the fact that they were working with us and I was watching his expression and this guy was stood there with tears in his eyes and just said, I can't believe this. I actually can't believe this. And it turns out him and his wife had been going through fertility treatment for a number of years. They were about to embark on treatment in Africa. They were from Africa. And he'd spent the last few months trying to work out how to pluck up the courage to speak to his manager. And suddenly he was realising that not only... Was this something that their organisation recognised? But it was something they would support as well in him going for this treatment. So that was just so powerful. We could see the weight lifting off him because he was saying he was going to go and call his wife. And I think it's just that constant conversation 
that we're trying to encourage you to have by the different ways that we can make this conversation present and bring it to life, be it in person. I mean, Becky and I have just been um, these last couple of weeks back and forth in London, launching at various companies and looking at people's faces rather than our screens and seeing the acknowledgement and the understanding and then having more and more people come and talk to us, which is just so powerful. And whilst we're just talking about Caden, I've got to share another example with you because at Fertility Matters, we're often sharing messages with each other during the day. And this was one of those moments where we had some work done on our street where Cadent Gas were actually like digging holes outside. And before it all started, I had somebody knock on the door to tell me that this work was going to happen. And I'd literally just come off one of the planning calls ahead of the launch event we were doing with Cadent. Answered the door to this guy. He told me about what was going to be happening. And I said, oh, I've just started working with your organization. And he went, really, what for? And I told him. And this guy, who'd just come to knock on my door to tell me about the gas work that was happening on my street, flung his hand up in the air and started telling me how him and his wife were going through this as well. And I was explaining that hopefully that they were going to get good support because of what we were doing. And it just goes to show how far the impact is on people that you just don't realize. And we'd always been keen to highlight that if it is a male-dominated environment, which is pretty much what we were in in Cadent, the importance of having this conversation too. And we had quite a lot of men stopping and talking to us, didn't we? Yeah, and I think often I think organizations might think it's not relevant because they don't hear anyone talking about it. And this is what we always say, that as soon as you start talking about it, people come up from everywhere within the organisation. I mean, just this week we were in London and we were talking about this to a room full of people who were so engaged. And at the end, a guy who had a 15-year-old, quite a senior manager, put his hand up and said, yeah, we went through this. And he had he was getting really emotional and choked up. Yeah. And so this has such an impact at all levels with all people. It's not just a female thing that we talk about. It's affecting men too. And yeah, it, it's just so rewarding. I think coming out of those experiences, especially when you get to do them in person and actually seeing the change that it's making and remembering where I was when I was going through my own experience and how lonely I felt and worried and fearful and all of the different emotions that were going on and just to think that if that difference can be made in terms of lifting that from someone and yeah it's not going to fix what's going on in their life but it can make it a hell of a lot easier it's just amazing so yeah we felt really uplifted haven't we the last couple of weeks just being able to do things in person definitely and hopefully this conversation has been useful for you to just see as we start to kind of paint the picture of how this conversation starts it might be from somebody in HR might be you sat there thinking I want to get this happening might be from personal experience it might be from what you've seen others doing it might be because you know how important it is from friends or family or you might be listening to someone within an organization knowing that you want to make the change. So we hope that Kelly and Natalie have inspired you. And what you're going to find in the show notes of this episode is a link to a 30-minute chat that we've had in the last couple of weeks where we've talked through what we do here at Fertility Matters at Work because ultimately our aim is to help the conversation along through different ways but through training as one of our key focuses. So what we've done in this 30-minute chat is given you a demo of our services. So if you're sat listening thinking, right, okay, what next? Then this is a really good overview of what we do and then we encourage you to come and have a chat with us and we can explain how it all works. So all those links will be in the show notes. Also, please do subscribe and rate and review this podcast because the more chat we have happening, if you listen to podcasts already, you'll hear this. This isn't a new thing. The more that other people can see that this is something worth their ear holes, the better it is for everybody, really, because the message gets shared. So if that's one thing you can do, 
hit subscribe in wherever you listen to this podcast and then do check out the show notes and let us know if you want to chat more because it's it's a changing times are changing we're witnessing it firsthand and if you're listening to this we are pretty sure that you want to be a part of this conversation do follow us on our socials at Fertility Matters at Work on Instagram and LinkedIn. It's where we share the free events that we have, as well as survey findings and lots of interesting conversations from our community. We're at Fert Matters Work on Twitter. Plus, we've got loads of free resources at fertilitymattersatwork.com. If from what we've shared with you, you feel ready to talk more about how your organisation can become fertility friendly, do book a call via the website link. It will be great to hear from you. 